0: Who's been challenged over the last couple of weeks by the words that uh, the Pastor Neil has been sharing with us about um, being known as a, as a Christ follower rather than by our job? You know, they remember the whole Stephen Seagull, I uh, also cook story. Were you challenged by that? Yes? And being challenged to live a life where we're constantly listening to the Spirit, the Spirit that is in us. You know, how awesome is it that when we enter into a relationship with God that we have God's Spirit in us. He is right here and we can listen to God's voice if we're just tuned into it. And so, you know, we've been challenged just to be aware that, that God is, is talking to us, that God is wanting to use us in every moment of every day. And um, I've been really challenged over the last few weeks uh, with the message that I'm going to bring you this morning. Um, As you may know, I started working uh, for the church just a couple of weeks ago, one day a week, which has been a really exciting and challenging time for me to step into that. Um, And on the first day of that role, um, part part of my day that Neil has laid out for me is to spend time in the Word and spend time in prayer and just ask God what it is that he's wanting to do with with the worship, with the tech and all of these different things. And and so it was a, a, a block of time which I was quite actually nervous about. I didn't know how I was going to fill up the block of time that Neil had allocated. And the night before I, the the first day, I... I went to bed and I just sort of prayed to God, God, give me something that I can study in the morning. And I, I woke on that morning and before my feet even hit the floor, I heard God say, place a rock. You need to place a rock. And my thoughts were immediately drawn to all of the different times in the Bible when rocks took on significant meaning particularly to the story of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. And that's actually the story that we're going to look at this morning. And so we're going to read through a fair bit of Scripture this morning and I hope you bear with me in that. But if you've got your Bibles, I'd love if you can, you can get them out so you can follow along. And So we're going to start in Joshua chapter 1. But first of all, let me set the scene of what's going on here. So the Israelite nation has been wandering in the desert for 40 years. Okay, they've been set free from slavery um, and chased out of Egypt and uh, led by Moses. And they've gone through this 40-year process of experiencing amazing miracles and God's provision of providing food for them every day and the uh, awesomeness of being able to follow a physical representation of God in a cloud of smoke and, and, a, and a tower of fire at night. Is that not amazing? And yet they were wandering in the desert for 40 years, trying to learn the lessons that God wanted them to learn before they were allowed to go into the promised land. And so Moses had led them for that entire time and, and Joshua was this young guy who was Moses' assistant and he'd just sort of been following along and watching what Moses did and, and learning the ropes as it were and now he's been put in charge of the entire nation of Israel and their camp on the bank of the Jordan River which is on the opposite side of the promised land, the land that God has set aside for them. Okay, so that's, that's where we are. Okay, so we're going to start in Joshua 1 from verse 2, and it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. So this is God speaking directly to Joshua. And then if we skip down to verse 10, it says, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp, and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he told them, remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a, rest pla- a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned to you on the eastern side of the river, but your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Okay, so here we are. So Moses, uh, sorry, so Joshua has commanded the, the officers to go through the camp and to tell the entire nation to get ready to cross, to prepare. And then he also calls together the strongest warriors from 3 of the tribes and instructs them to arm up in their full armor and be ready to lead the other tribes to conquer the land that they've been giving to conquer the promised land on the other side of the Jordan River. And so everyone gets ready to cross and and uh, Joshua gives the priests some instruction and and they are to carry the ark of the covenant which holds the very presence of God. And they are going to lead people across the river. And so we're going to, we're going to skip over to Joshua 3 uh, from verse 6. And it says, "...in the morning Joshua said to the priests, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river." And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, "...today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses." Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan, take a few steps into the river and stop. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you'll know that the living God is among you and he will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites who are ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. And so the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began to back up at a a great distance away at a town called Adam. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. And then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So the priests had stepped into the water and immediately the water starts to back up and it flows away downstream. And the Jordan River is in flood. You know, it's not... It's not like it was just slightly slightly wet and it was ankle deep and they were able to just cross. This, this river was in flood. It's, I was actually looking for a photo to show you guys and I couldn't really find a good one, but it's not actually this, I was thinking this massive, vast river. It's actually not that vast, but it has very, very steep sides and it's actually quite deep. And so this river is in flood, so it's actually broken the banks. And as, as soon as they stepped into the water, God works and stops the flow. And so then we're going to jump over to Joshua 4. and We're going to read 1 to 20 as well. So just bear with me. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe, and tell them to take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. And carry them out and pile them up at the place where you camp tonight. And so Joshua called together the 12 men that he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. And he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God, and each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a a monument, a memorial, And in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them, they remind us that the river Jordan stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And so the men did as Joshua had commanded them and they took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them to the place where they camped for that night and constructed a memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing and they are still there to this day. The priests who were carrying the Ark stood in the middle of the river until all of the Lord's commands that Moses had given to Joshua carried out. Meanwhile, the people hurried across the riverbed and when everyone was safely on the other side, the priests crossed over with the Ark ...of the Lord as the people watched. The armed warriors from the tribes of Reuben Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh led the Israelites across the Jordan just as Moses had directed. These armed men, about 40,000 strong, were ready for battle and the Lord was with them as they crossed over the plains of Jericho. That day the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites and for the rest of his life they revered him as much as they revered Moses. The Lord said to Joshua, command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant to come up out of the riverbed. And so Joshua gave the command and as soon as the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came up out of the riverbed and their feet were on high ground, the water of the Jordan returned and overflowed its banks as it had just before. The people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and then they camped at Gilgal, just east of Jericho. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua... Pulled up twelve stones taken from the Jordan River. Pretty cool story, hey. You know, the whole the whole nation, you know, there's a whole heap of things that happened there. The whole nation had to prepare to move out. Think about that. That's a whole nation of people. I don't know how many there were, but there would have been a lot. The warriors were called to arms and to prepare for battle. The priests are instructed to to walk out into the Jordan River with the Ark of the Covenant which then stops the flow of the river and allows them to stand in the middle of the river, which was in flood, remember, on a dry, dry riverbed. And then the entire nation walks across the riverbed, a dry riverbed of a flooded river. And then, you know, God instructs Joshua to get the 12 men to, to go and pick up stones, not from the edge, but from in the very middle, the deep middle of this river beside the Ark of the Covenant and then once everyone is across God instructs Joshua to tell the priests to come out and as soon as those priests are out of of that river it starts to flow again and it says the entire nation watched on in amazement I wonder why and then these battle ready warriors 40,000 warriors, lead the nation of Israel to its camp of Gilgal. And that's where they build a memorial using the stones that they've collected from the middle of the river. You know, God has been leading his people for 40 years and finally they enter into that land under the instruction and leadership of Joshua. And notice that all of this takes place. God gives An instruction to Joshua at every point. He doesn't say to Joshua, I want you to go and I want you to tell the nation to get ready and I want you to go tell the priests to do this and I want you to go tell the warriors to do this and then everyone's going to cross over and then you're going to tell these guys to do this and that. No. At every step, God was giving instruction and Joshua faithfully listened and followed. He had no idea what was going to happen. He might have had some idea because he'd been with the Israelites in the desert and seen the amazing things that God had been doing. But God wasn't giving him the whole picture. You know, I'm sure we would all love it if we had the whole picture of what God had planned for us as individuals, as as a church. You know, I'm sure that we would all love to know the exact outcome of whatever season we are currently going through and we would love to know the answer to. But God doesn't work that way. We have to have faith and know that he has a plan. And we need to have ears and hearts turn to him and listen for those instructions and then act in faith. It's pretty daunting, isn't it? You know, Joshua shows that faith and and follows each instruction just as God gave it. None of those events took place without there first being action. You know, God gives an instruction and then it nothing happens until someone does something. Nothing happens until Joshua passes on that instruction. The river doesn't stop flowing until the priests are actually in the water. You know, how often do we find ourselves in a place where we're not acting because we're waiting for God to reveal more of his plan for us or we're waiting for some miraculous sign before we actually do anything perhaps it's that we need to actually take that step you know we've been talking about stepping in taking that step and then allowing God to work and then allowing God to give us the next instruction you know, how often do we find ourselves going, oh God, I really don't know what it is that you want me to do in my life, so I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to go and have some quiet time and I'm going to pray and I'm going to be in the Bible and I'm just going to wait. And you know, I think that has its place, but there's also time when we need to follow the prompting of the Spirit and act. You know, as we read last week from Galatians 5.25, we are living by the Spirit We all have the Spirit in us when we accept Jesus into our lives. And it says, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Every part. God can use us in every part of our lives if we let Him. You know, notice too in this story that we've read that the warriors despite being armed, despite being fully kitted out and 40,000 strong, nowhere in that passage does it say they had to hack and fight their way through the enemy to get to their campsite. God had prepared the way and they just walked in. But they had to be prepared. You know, we as a church, are on a journey. Cornerstone has been meeting together now for about 3rd uh, sorry, not 13, 11 years. And almost right at the start of when, when the church began to meet, it was placed on the hearts of the leadership that there was a block of land sitting just over there on the corner, which we drive past every time we come to church. That was destined to be the site of, where we would build God's church. And through many meetings with government ministers and planning authorities and waiting and praying, God moved and that land became ours. Because He is going before us and He is making a way. And then there were many more meetings and planning and designing and there were changes in the sizes of the block and there was more planning and more prayer and we now have a beautifully designed church and a layout on a block that looks amazing because God is going before us and he has made a way. And now we are here with the excitement of last week. Who was excited about last week? Who's excited? Yes. We came together and affirmed alone. That means we can build our church because God has a way and God has a plan. You know, in a sense, we have been wandering in the desert for the past 11 years. And I'm not saying that we've been wandering around aimlessly, I'm saying we've been wandering with a purpose and witnessing the amazing things that God has for us and his provision for us. But now we are getting to crunch time. Do you get that? God is saying to us, okay, Cornerstone, it's time to step up. It is time to step into the things that are going to come. It is time to take the first step, to be ready for battle, to be ready for his victory. We are going to cross over the river, or in this case, we're going to cross over a road, and we're going to claim that land for God. You know, we are building a church over there In essence, we are going over the road and we are going to place a pile of stones. We are going to build a memorial that says God did this, that says God is here, that says this is where we are because of what God has done. And this is where we are going because God is leading us. And a pile of stones that says to our future, God did this. This is here because of who God is and what he's done. And that says to the community around us, God is here and you are loved. And God's love is here and it is here for you and you are welcome. That church building is only happening because God made it happen. And He has a plan. You know, I was commenting to Neil the other day that it was really good that we put our trust in God in this whole process. I've had the privilege of being involved for, for a number of years, but I know there have been faithful people that have come before. And if we hadn't put our trust in God, if we hadn't followed after His instruction, if we had gone after our own desires and our own human thoughts, we would have ended up in a very different place. We would probably already have a building that would probably need to be replaced by now. But God's timing is perfect. You know, everything in this whole process has slotted perfectly into place because God has a plan. He has a plan for each one of us. You know we're being completely challenged by God as a church to have patience and trust Him. You know, the Israelites built their monument using stones from the very middle of a deep, flooded river. The only way that they could get those stones was because God made a way. Just in the same way, we are only able to be here in this moment where we are because God has made a way. You know, as a church, as individuals, I get this sense from God that He is saying we need to be ready to move. We need to be ready for battle. We need to know that our God is awesome and He goes before us and He has a plan. And we need to have faith in that. You know, we need to listen to God's direction and have faith. We don't need to know the whole outcome. We don't need to know what's going to be happening in six months. We don't need to know what's happening in 12 months. We don't need to know what's happening in five years' time. We just need to know what is happening right now and to have faith that God has a plan. How great is God! It's time to place a rock. It's time for us to step up. You know, later on in Joshua, um, in chapter 24, he challenges the people of Israel. And he says, choose today whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God is saying that we need to make a choice. That we need to make a fresh declaration here this morning. You know, we've approved that loan. Things are going to start happening, people, and we need to get on it. We need to be listening to what God is calling us as individuals to do and step into it. You know, we, Neil challenged this last week that, that failure is okay. Okay. Doesn't matter if you don't think you can do it. If God's calling you to, He's going to equip you, and you might fail, but that means you can learn from that. As Neil said, failure is the back door to success. Love it. So we need to stand and we need to declare today that we are serious about God's plan. Serious about God's plan for us, serious about God's plan for this community. That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who is prepared to stand with me this morning and declare that? Who is prepared to stand? Who is prepared to place a rock in their lives and say, yes, God, use me, lead me. I am here and we are here because of you and who you are. I am here and we are here because of what God has done. So I actually want to invite you this morning, if you are willing, to stand up. We are being called to something huge. Do you get that? God has amazing plans. He has amazing plans for this church. He has amazing plans for you. He has amazing plans for that land over there and he has amazing plans for this community. But it can't happen unless we are willing to step up, if we're willing to step in and trust in God. We need to walk on in faith, knowing that God is making a way. So Let's declare it this morning. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's say that together. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's say it again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. God, you are an amazing Father who loves us right where we are. God, I just thank you that you are patient. God, I thank you that you are generous. I thank you that you have a plan and you have a way for this church. I thank you that you have a plan and a way for each person here this morning. Thank you that you have a plan and a way for this community, God. God, I just pray again this morning that you would give us ears and hearts to hear your direction. And then the faith to follow it without knowing the complete picture. God, I pray for all of us this morning that you would fill us afresh with your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill this place. God, I pray that we would place a rock this morning, that we would place a rock in our lives that reminds us of who you are, of who we are and where we've come from and where we're going. God, I pray again that as we as we move to that block over the road that as we build that you would be in that God I pray for the finances God that you have a plan God I just pray for everything and everyone that enters that block of land over there God that they would see your glory that they would receive your spirit that they would benefit God because of who you are God, I pray that we don't get in the way of those plans, but we work with those plans, God, that that we step into those plans and we follow you. Amen.